And I thought to myself, you about to find out. <laughs> I felt great after that nap. Totally refreshed, ready to blackmail that Indian chick. All right, people, it is June 26, 2023. That's right, it's my birthday. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. We are live streaming on Rumble, on Locals, and on YouTube. We have a tremendous program for you. Everyone in the room is very excited. Everyone has promised me none of their usual screw-ups or errors today. Everyone's going to work real hard to give you guys a perfect show. I said to them this morning, I have everything I want in this world. There's nothing else that I want. I'm good to go, really. I've got it all. Life is good. I just want the perfect birthday show for the good people. And that is what we are going to deliver for you today. Of course, we do have a post-game show. If you'd like to join us at rubenreport.locals.com. And I want to thank everybody for all the uh, kind birthday wishes. I am checking everything. I cannot respond to absolutely everything, but I do appreciate it. Uh, we had a, a staff dinner here on, so was that, Saturday night. And uh, I cooked a 15-pound brisket for these people. And uh, we had a little bit of tequila. And there's nothing else that I can say about it online. So there we go. Uh, the show today is going to be about what has happened to the crazy liberals. They have all gone bananas, as you know, but then there's a few rebels trying to stick around and make sure the left doesn't go completely insane. I know a little something about this. It's sort of what my hero's journey has been all about, my life story. Uh, and the new guy stepping into that right now, obviously, is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And he was on Bill Maher's podcast, Club Random, uh, over the weekend. And they talked about what has happened to the Dems. What has happened to the liberals? How have they become so illiberal? Is there any chance they could come back? Why John F. Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy's uncle, would probably, well, I don't, I don't think they quite said he would probably be a Republican, but really wouldn't be a Democrat if he was still around today. So we are going to unpack the craziness of the left-wing agenda and little teaser, I've got a newspaper here, an actual physical copy of a newspaper. I'll explain why in just a moment, but let's talk about my Patriot Supply and then get to it. Guys, if you think you won't need emergency food, think again. The government recently re revealed the truth about impending food shortages. According to the USDA, countless of America's annually planted crops in breadbasket states won't be harvested this season. Extreme weather conditions and worldwide fertilizer shortages wiped them out. That means food will become scarce and expensive. Is your family prepared for that? If not, now's the time to stock up on emergency food from our friends at My Patriot Supply at discount prices. But hurry, this is a limited time offer and it expires soon. Go to preparewithruben.com to save big on each four-week emergency food kit you need for your family. Each kit's packed with delicious energy-boosting breakfasts lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks that everyone will love. Act now for massive savings on each kit you need. Go to preparewithruben.com and place your order before the deadline. You'll never forgive yourself if you let your family suffer. Go to preparewithruben.com right now. And now back to me. Okay, so let's just dive into it. Now, you know my policy. You're a fan of the Rubin Report. You like the Rubin Report. You know what we're doing over here. My policy on, on Bill Maher has been, I'd like to take him as far as I could get him, and then he's going to have to make that last little move. I don't know that he can do it. Like, is he really going to vote for DeSantis or he's certainly not going to vote for Trump or whatever. But like, you want to nudge accordingly. 
that has been my policy. And also, you know, he just represents the idea of the old liberal, but many of you are the old school liberal. Many of you may be thinking about voting Republican for the first time, or at least leaving the Democrat party. There's a massive amount of people doing that, not only doing that, but literally picking up and leaving blue cities and states and moving to red cities and states and all that. So Bill Maher had RFK Jr. on. Now RFK Jr. Uh, has been getting hit over and over and over by the ma mainstream media, by the corporate press, by all the COVID crazy people, the whole freaking thing. Uh, here they are talking about how the left has left liberals. You think I know a little something about this? But also, but let like, me ask you something. Yeah. On the, you know, something happened to liberals, to our fellow liberals. Yes. Um, we're, and, we're and, on it, that and whatever too. it was. Yes accelerated amplified during the pandemic. I was not on board with how we handled COVID. Uh, I yeah, but what was, your, what, what was your evolution? When, when did you say, hey, A long time ago, I was, I was on 60 Minutes quoted me like in 20, 2009 or something saying uh, I wouldn't get a flu shot. Not yeah, because I I'm don't not, believe- I'm not talking about vaccines so much, oh. but just on what was happening in COVID. You know, with, well, the, with the lockdowns. First all of this. all, like, what one thing I don't understand about the COVID thing is how come, I mean, I'm sure you know about the great Barrington letter that was signed yeah, by yeah. 16,000 doctors and scientists who were all dissenting about how we were handling it. How come your doctors only count? I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the <laughs> Western medicine. How come your doctors, they're the ones, that's the science. And like, if it was one guy out there, but it's like a lot of accredited people. So like, I think that is one reason why you came out of the gate at 20%, because there's just a lot more people in this country who are onto that kind of thing. And how much medic medical science, con conventional medicine is wrong and gets things wrong, including about COVID. Lots of things they got wrong. Okay, so I know you watching that are like, yes, duh, but you're still voting for the wrong people. So be it. Let's put that aside for a second. The idea that two self-proclaimed liberals in 2023 can sit there and be frustrated with the COVID rollout. I mean, I don't know during COVID how much Bill was fighting it, but we all woke up to a certain degree and he's, he's become good on it. So let's give him a little bit of pass on that, right? Everybody gets that, that leash. I always say like, you get at least a month leash from the two weeks to flatten the curve or the 15 days to flatten the curve whatever it was, it's like, I'll give you even a little bit more than that. And then we all sort of woke up to whatever extent that we did. Now, what RFK Jr. is saying, and by the way, you probably know this already, I've mentioned it a couple of times, he's like really embedded in sort of the liberal Hollywood elite machine. His wife is Cheryl Hines, who plays Larry David's now ex-wife on Curb Your Enthusiasm. I mean, she, she's been on many, many sitcoms. I mean, she's a big Hollywood star. So he's saying to him, well, when did you realize this all went crazy throughout COVID? And Bill is upset with the doctors, right? Because you should have all along, all along, instead of these, the idea of mandates, the idea of forced vaccinations, not letting people go out and everything else and staying home and eating takeout and all of that stuff, everyone should have been like, well, actually I'm 35, I'm relatively healthy. I live in a warm weather area where I can get some sun and vitamin D, all, all of the stuff that we now know. Now, the issue here, why I'm showing you this video is what they're talking about right there is very much outside of the mainstream of Democrat policy, right? It was the Democrats when Biden came in that wanted 
the mandates. They wanted people to be fired from their jobs. They wanted vaccine passports. And by the way, Republicans don't get off scot-free with this, right? They went along with an awful lot of it, not all of them. And there were some places that pushed that freedom thing a little bit, right? I happen to be living in one of those places right now. Uh, But the point is that the people who now question COVID science, the people who question uh, trans, radical ideology, gender, queer stuff, all of that, are really outside of the Democrat party right now. And it's for guys like RFK Jr. and Bill Maher to figure out, okay, am I gonna keep voting for a party that actually I'm just railing against all day long? Because you know what happens when you question Democrat dogma, you get called a radical right winger. There's a guy by the name of Elon Musk who had basically only voted for Democrats his entire life. No one in their right mind would have ever thought he was a conservative by any traditional definition or anything else. But Elon Musk started talking about free speech, right? So here they are talking about COVID. Now they're outside the Democrat thing. Elon Musk started talking about free speech. Then he got pushed out of the Democrat thing. Here's RFK and Bill Maher talking about just that. You consider Elon Musk right wing? No. Uh, I, th- I consider him like I can, an ultra I love liberal. Him. Uh, I, I consider him a genius. Well, that's obvious. But he's all, his heart's in the right place. But I think by his own admission, he's a little spectrumy, and he he does some cuckoo things that you just have to accept in him. And they seem fairly benign in the in the general, even though they are you know, head smacker. You're like, why did you say that? Was that really necessary to, whatever. But uh, in general, I think if anybody's going to figure out like how to save the planet kind of shit, we should should, like not piss off people like that. Okay. First off, I don't know about the kooky things that Elon Musk has said. All he basically has said is that he's, you know, buying Twitter to defend free speech. He's also trying to get us to other planets and doing a whole bunch of other stuff. But the point is, by defending free speech, if you now look at the way, say, the New York Times and CNN and corporate press and everything treat Elon Musk, he's now on the right, right? Remember, uh, Ron DeSantis launched his presidential campaign on Twitter spaces with Elon Musk. So everyone said, he must be an evil Republican. Then then Elon Musk said, well, anyone, any candidate's welcome to do this with me. The only other one who's taken him up on it is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. So you can see what's happening here. This concept though, of that once you say literally anything, you could live your entire life as a good, decent liberal behaving the way they want you to behave and everything else. But once you take one slight deviation, be it COVID, be it free speech, if you don't want eight month abortions, if you believe that boys are boys and girls are girls, once you take that little deviation, the idea of how the machine will come crashing down on you uh, is something that I've been fascinated with for many years because it's something that has repeatedly happened to me. So now I wanna show you a newspaper. You might remember these things. Newspaper, they're made on paper with print and you can get ink on your fingers. This is a very old school way of reading the news. Uh, This particular paper is from Sunday, June 9th, 2019. So almost four years ago to the day. Uh, my man, Chris, who does our YouTube and Rumble backend stuff, we had the team here, as I said, for a birthday dinner on Saturday night. Chris flew in from New York, lives in New York. I don't know why, he's got his own reasons. Uh, and he gave me this paper. And the reason he gave me this paper was because we're gonna show you some closer images in just a sec. On this paper, this was a Sunday paper, New York Times. And the title of the main article here was The Making of a YouTube 
radical, how the site's algorithms played into the hands of the alt-right. And there are images there of Jordan Peterson. Uh, there's an image of Milo when he was on the Rubin Report. It even says Rubin Report back there. There's Ben Shapiro there right in the middle. That's Milton Friedman, right? Milton Friedman, Nobel Prize winning libertarian economist pushing people to the alt-right. And now go to page 20. This was the exciting one for me. Yeah, there I am, making of a YouTube radical algorithms and the alt-right. And the entire article is basically that YouTube and big tech were pushing people to the right. But do you see how I'm connecting this to the other thing? Because first off, we all, putting, it, putting all that aside for a second, we know that's all a lie, right? We know that over the last couple of years, big tech has repeatedly silenced people on the right amplified people on the left, anyone who even considers themselves a liberal but then asks any questions gets taken out and demonetized and deboosted and all of those things. And anyway, so Chris gave me this paper for my birthday and I thank you for this, Chris. We are going to frame it and put it up because it's a beautiful moment now. But four years after that, now seeing what they're doing to RFK, every day there's another hit piece about him. We showed you the headline last week. They went after his wife. They were like, Cheryl Hines has been a well-known Hollywood actress, but now her husband's dangerous ideas are making her question. It's just like, this is what they do with everything. And what do I always say, guys? Truth is a time-release pill. So a certain amount of people believe this, right? A certain amount of, you know, these New York Times people, and what do they do? It's a Sunday and they have their coffee and oh my God, Dave Rubin is scary and that Milton Friedman killed my family. It's, it's absolutely insane, but the truth eventually gets out there. And I think now what's happening is, despite all the lies, the average person, and you can see it in the polls as RFK is on his way up, the average person is like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We've had it with the lying. We've had it, you guys have lied to us about literally everything. This guy seems pretty decent. Uh, let's find out a little bit more about him. And now let's throw to one more clip on this. Uh, this is Bill and RFK talking about uh, sort of classical liberalism, how that was related to Robert F. Kennedy's uncle, John F. Kennedy, and uh, what has happened to the Democrats. Do you consider yourself a Democrat? No, I never said I was in either one. I was, was careful to say I do caucus with the Democrats. I, I was a, a liberal, an old school liberal, not a woke liberal. Um, but a Kennedy Democrat. A Kennedy Democrat and an Obama Democrat. Oh, Bill, you almost had it right. Yes, a Kennedy Democrat. Ask not what the country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country, right? That is a Kennedy Democrat. Scaling back war, lowering taxes, equality over equity. That is the Democrat that you are. But then you suddenly say the Obama thing. And Obama is the one who put wokeness and equity, equity really more than anything else, on steroids and then pushed it into the system that leaves us uh, exactly where, where we are at right now. So I'll get to that in just a second. Let me talk to you about Pravaya Hair. Are you one of the millions of American women and men of any age dealing with premature thinning and hair loss? Or maybe you're scared about inheriting that thinning look just because it runs in the family. Well, guys, there's a real solution that delivers on its own promise without harsh side effects, unwanted chemicals, and unpleasant smells. Thanks to our friends that develop Genucel skincare, Provia uses a safe natural ingredient, Procapil, to effectively target the three main causes of premature thinning and loss. By supporting healthy scalp circulation, the delivery of nourishing nutrients, and healthy hair follicle anchoring to your scalp, Provia guarantees more hair on your head than in the shower 
or on the comb. That's pretty good. Effective for men and women of any age and safe on color-treated and styled hair. It's that easy. And right now, customers can save over 50% off Provia's introductory package at ProviaHair.com slash Dave. Every package includes a 60-day supply of Provia Serum for daily use, plus Provia 30 Super Concentrate for faster, more noticeable results. Provia works guaranteed or 100% of your money back. See for yourself right now. Don't wait. ProviaHair.com slash Dave. ProviaHair.com slash Dave. That's ProviaHair.com slash Dave. And now back to me. Okay, so Bill Maher, you kind of had it right. Now I get it. You're going to vote the wrong way no matter what. You don't realize that the party's gone completely insane, but you sort of had it. I'm an old school liberal, right? I believe in individual rights. I believe in equality. The government maybe could do a couple things, but shouldn't do everything. Let's ease up on the wars. All right, blah, 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 blah. But then he says, I'm also an Obama Democrat. Now, what does an Obama Democrat mean? Well, uh, Obama's been in the news. He's been making the rounds the last couple of days because I think they are realizing that the Biden thing's breaking down and they got to figure out what the next move is. I don't know if the next move is Gavin. I don't know if the next move is Michelle Obama or something, but they're just putting other voices out there because clearly having Joe Biden as the head of the party, as RFK is rising, it's not working for anybody. Everybody knows this is nonsense. So here's a little bit uh, from an interview that Obama did over the weekend talking about, uh, well, well, you know what? Just watch it yourself. I, I've, painted, I've painted too much. Enjoy. Our democracy is not going to be healthy with the levels of inequality that we've seen generated from globalization, automation, uh, the decline in unions, um, obscene inequality. You think about news of the day. Generally, we're not talking about news of the day. But right now we have uh, 24-hour coverage, and I understand it, of this submarine, the submersible uh, that, that tragically is right now lost at the bottom of the sea. Um, at the same time, right here, in at, just off the coast of Greece, we had 700 people dead, 700 migrants who were apparently being smuggled uh, into here. And you know, we've, it's made news, but it's not dominating in the same way. And, and in some ways, it's indicative of the degree to which people's life chances have have grown so disparate it's very hard to sustain a democracy when you have such massive concentrations of wealth such perfect obama because it all sounds right and he looks good and the suit fits and on first glance it all sort of makes sense and then of course as you guys know you just have to peel that thin veneer and you can see the nonsense behind it first off he's obsessed with obscene inequality, obscene inequality. Now, Barack Obama was a community organizer before he was a senator and then president, and uh, somehow is now worth like hundreds of millions of dollars. Obscene inequality. How about a little obscene inequality in Martha's Vineyard? Yeah, there's Obama's 30-acre estate on the water in Martha's Vineyard. And you may remember when uh, Ron DeSantis sent 30 uh, illegal immigrants, not migrants. He sent 30 of them to Martha's Vineyard. Obama could have given each one of them an acre or he could have housed 30 people on an acre. They would have had plenty of room, but he did not. And he also apparently doesn't fear climate change because he lives right on the water. But you see what he did there. So, ah, you see, we're focusing on this submarine as opposed to these migrants. Well, guess what? Greece is a country. 
It is a sovereign nation, just like the United States is a sovereign nation. You are allowed to protect your borders any which way you want. The 700 people, I have great sympathy, obviously, for, for anyone that dies doing, trying to better their life or whatever. You have, you have human sympathy for the lives that are lost, of course, but we should be focusing on that. We should just be focusing on that as opposed to anything else. It's like, well, what if Greece didn't want these people to be there? What if Greece is for Greek people? Like, could we talk about that? But he doesn't really want us to think about that uh, because most importantly, guys, Barack Obama, who again, lives on the water in one of the most exclusive places in the United States on a 30 acre estate, how he got all that money, I'm not sure, Netflix, something, something. Uh, he's very, very worried about climate change, which again, I don't know if he knows the water's gonna hit him first over there at that house or whatever, but here he is on China and climate change. You know, I dealt with China to get the Paris Accords done. Uh, I dealt with Modi to get the Paris Accords done because I think climate change is something that transcends uh, you know, any uh, particular momentary uh, issues. It, it, it's, a, it's a problem that humanity's got to deal with over the next several decades in a serious way. Um, I do think that it is appropriate for the President of the United States uh, where he or she can to uphold uh, those principles and to challenge, uh, whether behind closed doors or in public, um, trends that are troubling. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm less concerned about labels than I'm concerned about you know, specific practices. Just nothing. It's just well-packaged drivel. The Paris Accords. You know what happened with the Paris Accords? The Paris Accords were this giant sort of consortium of countries that came together to cut emissions and blah, blah, blah. Most of it fell on the United States. And we were, of course, footing the bill on the whole thing. Obama signed it. One of the first things that Donald Trump did to his credit was get rid of the thing. And it was non-binding. It was a non-binding agreement. So it's a perfect liberal document. Here's a whole bunch of things. You, the United States, will have to pay the price. No one, there's no mechanism to punish anyone or make sure that any other country is doing absolutely anything. But you liberals will all feel good as you're having your parties with your champagne on Martha's Vineyard. Oh my God, you signed that document? Wonderful, wonderful. This is what they do with absolutely everything. Also, it was interesting there when he said, uh, well, over the next couple of decades, we'll have to worry about climate change. AOC, four years ago, we got seven years to live. We, we showed you that tweet, since deleted tweet from Greta Thunberg uh, from five years ago, where she said we had five years to live. It's all BS nonsense. And even if you believe that the climate is changing, which by the way, the climate does change. You're not gonna believe this. It rained yesterday. And then an hour later, it was sunny here. Holy cow, we better, uh, we better shut down the cars. Even if you believed any of that, the idea that these people would be able to do any, these people couldn't run a business if their life depended on it, that they are gonna be the ones that are gonna save you from the climate. They're just BS artists. And now to prove what an extraordinary BS artist Barack Obama is under the most light questions possible. He went on this show, I'm not even sure, is this The Daily Show? What show is this even? Does anyone even know? It's some random show on Comedy Central, this guy, Hassan Minaj, uh, asking Obama about his favorite books, shows, and songs. And watch how he is so afraid to say anything. I cannot believe they aired this even. He just cannot say anything true. Mr. President, when you do your end of the year lists, yes. do you really read all those books, watch all those shows, and listen to all those songs? 
I do. Listen, <laughs> no, no, you don't. I am Look. so glad that I had this opportunity. Please. People, they, they, they believe the, the books and the movies. But the playlists, they somehow think, and this is mostly coming from young people like you. Yeah. Somehow y'all think you invented rock and roll. <laughs> you invented hip hop. And so the fact that my lists are, are you know, pretty incredible. You have Life is Good by Sir featuring Scribs Riley yes, on your iPad I right do. now. Come on, man. Don't, don't play with me. <laughs> okay, okay. Huh? All right, let's cap it. Let's cap it. Let's, let's raise the rim a little bit. Give me the plot line for Afterlives by Abdul Razak Gurna. Dude, how much time do we have here? I mean, I can't believe they aired that. I genuinely can't believe they aired that. Like, he's, a, he's an unbelievable liar and bullshit artist. Like, his end-of-year playlists are made up. When I get my Spotify playlist at the end of the year, what songs do you listen to the most? I could tell you every single one of those songs because I actually listen to them. He makes up the books and movies that he watches. I am shocked. Credit to this Hassan Minaj guy. Like, you actually, it was sort of funny and whatever. You know, it's interesting, though. When we were playing that clip, Brock said to me that he thinks for young people that makes Obama look good because it makes him look relatable. Because you think they're all just like, oh, he's a bullshit artist. Like, we're all bullshit artists, something like that. Is that what it is? I just think we lack critical thinking skills. Young people lack critical thinking skills. So that makes him look human. This is a problem. That's my point. Just terrible. But you see that? It's like, so when he lies about that, it's like, you know, he can, and he's just so smooth in his lying and you didn't watch these movies or anything else. Anyway, let's continue though, because again, what's, what got us to this point in the show? We were talking about the sort of good, decent liberal ideas that are, that are, I think the right ideas, but just have nothing to do with the modern Democrat. Then you have someone like Bill Maher saying, I'm an Obama guy. Well, we just punched some holes in some Obama stuff. Well, what else is going on with the rest of the Democrats? Well, uh, noted crypt keeper, Nancy Pelosi, uh, who is no longer the speaker of the house. Thank you, Lord. Uh, was on Jen Psaki's show on MSNBC. Jen Psaki, of course, former white house press secretary who is terrible at her job. So then you get a job at a fake mainstream media corporate press outlet, the televised mental institution known as MSNBC. Here is Saki asking Pelosi what she would do to the Supreme Court because she don't, she don't like that court because she didn't control it. And that's upsetting to these people because they're all authoritarian maniacs. Video clip. Do you think that there should be changes, reforms to the Supreme Court, term limits, uh, an expansion? Yeah. yeah, I don't know about the expansion. I mean, it's been over 150 years mm. since we've had an expansion of the court. Mm. It was in the time of Lincoln that it went up to nine. So the subject of whether that should happen is a, a discussion. It's not a, say, a rallying cry, but it's a discussion. Uh, the president formed a commission. They did not recommend expansion of the court. That shouldn't be the end of it. But there certainly should be term limits. There certainly be term limits. And if nothing else, there should be some ethical rules that would be followed. I had one justice tell me he thought the other justices were people of integrity like a Clarence Thomas. I'm like, get out of here. She's really disgusting. Like, how can I even comment on this? Clarence Thomas is not an ethical man. Like, lady, if, you, if this was the other side, you'd be being called racist just for saying that, which you're allowed to criticize anyone of any skin color without being racist. But like, the idea that we would change the nature of the court, what she's saying is, oh, sometimes the court, sometimes these people who get to the most important court in the land make decisions 
based on law that I, as a legislator, don't like. I legislate the law. I write the laws, right? The president signs them into law, and then the courts look at them and they go, is this legal? Is this uh, congruent with the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and things like that? And she doesn't like that she doesn't have the ultimate power to do it. So this is why Democrats are always saying, let's pack the courts. The court doesn't have the makeup that we like right now. Let's add more judges. And what they mean by more judges is they add more people that will do what we want them to do. Let them, in essence, write law from the court. That's not what you want, right? That's banana republic level stuff. But, But the whole party has been overtaken with these crazy ideas. They just say things and they think because they say them, they're automatically true. Here is the wizard, the absolute wizard that is vice president right now, Kamala Harris. And she put out this video over the weekend because it's the one year anniversary of the reversal of Roe v. Wade. Now, remember also, it's funny that the year flew by that quick because remember, everybody said there's going to be all these dead people and dead children and they're not that concerned about dead babies, but all of this stuff, we haven't heard much of anything, right? We haven't heard much of anything about any of it. States made decisions and people act accordingly. Anyway, here's Kamala Harris uh, giving a really insightful commentary on the year since Roe v. Wade has flipped. So that day, the day that the Supreme Court took a constitutional right from the women of America, I was outraged. In fact, the first person I called was my husband um, because I could just let it all out with him. And my first thoughts really were about our daughter, my niece, my baby nieces, my goddaughters, and what this all might mean. I mean, for our daughter, she is going to know fewer constitutional rights than my mother-in-law. And so I think we all, at that moment, um, understood how dire it would be. One year later, the majority of Americans are with us. From so-called red states to blue states, from Kentucky to California, when this issue was on the ballot in the midterms, the people voted in favor of allowing women to have the choice about what happens to their body. So going forward, let's not throw up our hands, let's roll up our sleeves. President Biden and I will not stop fighting to make sure that every woman has the right and the choice to make decisions about her own body. Okay, the easy stuff first. This this concept that they care about your right and your choice to make decisions over your own body. These are the same freaking people who two years ago were demanding that you get injected with a quote-unquote vaccine that was actually not a vaccine, that nobody knew if it worked, and in essence, it really didn't work at all, and now there's all sorts of people with vaccine injuries, and they were telling you that you should get fired from your job or not be able to work at the federal government or not be able to go out in public and a whole series of other crazy things if you didn't do what they wanted. So you gotta spare me the uh, my body, my choice part. The other thing, and she's a perfect, it's a carbon copy. This is what they all do, and I really think that if enough of us start just seeing it, just start seeing through it, and then, and then we can operate accordingly. She does the exact same thing that, that Obama does. It's like you speak sort of, cal- you know, usually Democrats are screaming and throwing things and everyone's outraged and everything else. The other version of it is they speak very calmly as they're just lying to you, right? So she's saying that they, the Supreme Court took away a constitutional right. That is 180 the reverse of what the Supreme Court did, the point of the reversal of Roe v. Wade was that there is no constitutional right to an abortion in the Constitution itself, right? It's not written in the Constitution that you should have a right to an abortion. So thus, the court looked at it 
and Roe v. Wade, which was about whether it should be federal, right? That there should be a federal mandate related to abortion. All they did was reverse it. They looked at the constitution. This is what the judges did. I mean, it's so simple, but they lie. They looked at the constitution. They said, well, there is no federal right. There's no right to an abortion in the constitution. I mean, we looked, we didn't see the word abortion. It's just not there. Uh, so this is not something that the federal government has the right to be telling the states what to do. So all it did was kick it back to the states. So her daughter that she's worried about and her niece, they don't have less rights than her mother-in-law. You now can live in a state that has, first off, every state has abortion right now. Uh, no state outlawed it with no restrictions. Uh, but even if there was a state that absolutely outlawed it with no restrictions or whatever else, or if you felt that the six week ban in Florida is too much, you can go to Cali and have an eight month abortion. I literally, I swear to God, I got a text. You know, you just get on these stupid lists. The Democrats just find ways to get your phone number. I got a text from some New York law, I think I deleted it, from some like New York abortion company or nonprofit or whatever, asking if I would donate money so that they could help people come to New York to have abortions from the scary red states over the weekend. Yeah, so it's like nobody, nobody's rights were taken away and abortion was not a constitutionally guaranteed right in the first place, but they just lie. And, and by the way, now you have more personal control by not mandating it from the federal government. You have more personal control. Again, you can move to a different state. Also, you could have a little autonomy over your body and decide when you want to have sex and all that kind of stuff. But I know that's not hip these days. Anyway, here's a Democrat, former, uh, the woman trying to run for president did not go well. Uh, Minnesota representative Amy Klobuchar, she's on CNN uh, talking about abortion. And again, there's just this confusion about federal laws, viability, all that. Take a look. Democrats often say, like you just said, uh, that you support codifying Roe v. Wade. Roe didn't place limits on third trimester abortions. It just allowed states to do so. Would you support a federal law that bans abortions after viability? What I support, and I'll be very clear about this, is Roe v. Wade, uh, which does allow for limitations, but it also protects the life of the woman and the health of the woman. I think that is the best. All right, so she's a perfect politician. She didn't answer the question at all. The question was about a federal law. Would you support a federal law that bans abortion after uh, viability? Meaning, so now you're at seven months, this, this baby. I mean, there are preemies that are born at, at what, four months? Like a little bit after 20 some odd weeks now that can survive. But let's say seven, eight months. Would you want a federal law banning that? So in essence, let's just not kill children that, that can live. Let's just not kill babies. And then of course she can't even answer that. Now, the funny thing is I, I actually wouldn't be a, for a federal ban on that either because I believe the states should make the decision which is exactly what we have right now. But they can't answer anything honestly because they can give you those, again, very thin veneer answers that all sort of sound right. So she just goes on her little diatribe about whatever, but they just cannot answer anything honestly. And the other thing that they're very good at is keeping you upset about things that have nothing to do with your life. So Barack Obama earlier, he's very concerned about climate change while he lives on a 30 acre estate on the water in Martha's Vineyard. Here's the elderly man pretending to be president. He's also concerned about climate change, although he may have only moments to live. Well, first of all, I think it is the existential threat to humanity, climate change. It's the most serious problem we face as you. 
Oh, you old bastard. You're the, you're the most existential problem we have. These people, imagine thinking that Joe Biden could do anything about climate change. It's just nonsense. As I said before, the climate is or isn't changing. There are patterns, things happen. Remember, it rains too much in California. They tell you it's climate change. Then there's a drought. They tell you it's climate change. And then Ellen DeGeneres stands by a river telling you that you better behave nicer to mother nature. It's all completely bananas. But now let's get it to something a little more sort of in, in the granular uh, part of what's going on politically right now. We do actually have a massive scandal that is, is developing right now. So you know last week, uh, Hunter Biden pled guilty to a couple tax evasion things. He got a slap on the wrist. He's not going to jail. As I said many times, this is the exact same thing that sent Wesley Snipes to jail, but somehow Hunter Biden and the crack and all the stuff, he's not going to jail. Uh, but that's not really what the scandal is. The scandal now is that there are text messages that are being leaked out. There's audio recordings being leaked out. The job that Hunter Biden had in the first place as this consultant for a Ukrainian energy company, when we know money was being filtered to him and now going up to his dad, it's all sort of leaking out right now. So what the media did last week was they run cover, right? Oh, let's get him on some tax evasion stuff. That'll hopefully get everybody to stop talking about it. Here's White House spokesman John Kirby. And this guy, what's with this guy's suit? He, I feel like he's wearing, what did you say? You said it looked like three dogs, like in a, in a suit. Something's going on with this guy's suit. Here he is clashing with a reporter over the Hunter Biden text messages. House Ways and Means Committee yesterday released documents, their authenticity nowhere challenged. Uh, that included a July 2017 WhatsApp message sent by Hunter Biden to Henry Zhao, a Chinese Communist Party official. Does this not undermine uh, the president's claim during the 2020 campaign that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with him? No, and I'm not going to comment further on this. We're good. We're good. I'm not. James, James, let me just, let me save you some, let me save, let me save, let me save you some breath. If you're going to ask about this, I am not addressing, I don't, I know you do more than I'd like you to have. I am not going to address this issue from this podium. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Okay. Guys, I'm not going to talk about that thing. I'm wearing a very puffy suit up here. What do you want me to do? I can't talk about that thing. Do you remember? I mean, we've played the, the clip for you many times where Hunter, uh, where Joe Biden is like, I've never discussed business with my son ever, which on its face is just complete nonsense. Is there any, is there literally anyone alive today who has any remote relationship with their father? I think that has no idea what I do. He, we have never discussed work. He doesn't know why I'm working for this Ukrainian energy company. There's texts that are now proving it, right? And there was a voicemail, by the way, that leaked that has proved it. Like, it's just, but Kirby, Democrat privilege, right? You get to wear your big suit and I'm not gonna answer that question. I gotta go, here's our diversity hire. Ugh. Here's, uh, it's James Rosen, by the way, is the name of that reporter. He used to be on Fox. I think he's on Newsmax now. Uh, here is White House Press Secretary, cringe Jean-Pierre, and she's not having it either when it comes to this whole story. Your statements from that podium, you've stated that the president stands by his comment from the 2020 campaign that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with his son. And you stood at that podium yeah. and you reaffirmed that. Do you stand by your reaffirmation? I, what I will say is nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. And I will leave it there. Anything else, I will refer you to the White House counsel. This is not a change? I just answered the question. You, asked, you just asked me, do, does my statement change? I just told you nothing has changed. That's answering the question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Stephen, I'm calling on your colleague right now. Go ahead. 
Thank you. To, to follow up on my colleague, is there anything that you can say with regard to this text message and what the president's son was alleging? Was the president there or not? I would refer you to my colleagues at the White House Council. They have addressed this, and I refer you to them. Go ahead. Karine, have you spoken to the president about this? Have you asked him whether he was there with his son on July 30th? This is not a conversation that I've had with the president. Again, I would refer you to the White House counsel. Do you plan to have that conversation no. with the president? No. Did the president speak with the attorney general at all? I, can, I, I, I cannot say uh, if the president uh, had had a conversation with the attorney general last night. What I can refer you to is the White House counsel's office. As it relates to the uh, allegations, uh, they've already addressed this. What a great job. What a great job. You don't have to know anything. You literally don't have to know anything. Uh, what do you have for lunch today? Well, I'll refer you to the other guy. And wh what are you doing? To well, uh, this woman is just extraordinary. It's just the job, right? So you sort of don't even, you can't even fully blame her for being horrible because in some ways she's actually brilliant at it because she could just stand up there doing nothing over and over and over again. So she's doing exactly what they want her to do. But there, the point is that there is a scandal uh, there is a scandal that has happened that finally seems to be breaking through to a degree. And by the way, the timing is perfect because it'll also help them push Biden aside because they know he's not up to running for president and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it, again, it's just interesting. It's like they cannot defend their ideas. So they, whether it's climate change with Obama, whether it's abortion with Kamala Harris, any of these things, they can't defend any of their positions. So they say things that kind of sound good, when they have the tiniest bit of scrutiny, they completely fold or they call you a bigot and a liar or you're leading, you're a liberal and you said something we don't like, you defended free speech, you're a bigot and an alt-right maniac. But more and more people are seeing through it. Uh, here's Chuck Todd. And as you know, Chuck Todd is being kicked out over at Meet the Press, but I guess they're giving him a couple more shows to say goodbye with. Uh, here he is on Biden's abysmal approval rating. Biden's job rating sits at just 43% about where it's been since the withdrawal from Afghanistan, 53% disapprove. Uh, a full 68% of voters, including 43% of Democrats now, uh, which is twice what it was in 2020, say they are concerned that Biden does not have the necessary mental and physical health to be president. And almost 70% of people are going, uh, yeah, this guy doesn't have it. He ain't got it. You either got it or you ain't, as Mel Brooks once said. And these mainstream Obama Democrats Right. These are the Joe Biden is the vestige of the Obama Democrat. He was his VP. He's the leader of the party. And all of these people, their ideas are bad. They are counter to uh, American, uh, I would say, philosophy. And more and more people are seeing through it. And as more and more people see through it, the machine has to come crashing down on them because all the machine has is the ability to lie, to defend a bunch of bad ideas. If the ideas were good, they would be rising to the top, but they, they can only push their nonsense uh, using their power. That's what they can do. Uh, but there are a couple people out there, some of them running for president right now, who know when to use power effectively, who know how to tell the truth and who know how to assess what's really going on here. Uh, unfortunately, we have not had a lot of Republicans like that, right? Republicans usually just kind of fold, or you get the pet Republican who gets the cookie on the view. You get that sort of thing. Uh, but Ron DeSantis running for president right now, he's not only going after the Dems, that's pretty, pretty obvious, going after the wokesters and all that stuff, but he's I also trying to show Republicans you can have a backbone. 
You can have a backbone as a ram, like a ramrod, as Joe Biden would say, and you'll actually be rewarded for it. Uh, this is a speech from over the weekend. For far too long, we've had a lot of Republicans that get into office and they're almost like potted plants. They don't want to lead. They don't want to put, they want to follow polls, have their finger in the wind. They do not want to take on fights that are going to lead to the media attacking them or the left attacking them. And so what they end up doing is, yeah, you know, they'll do a tax cut here, something there, but they tend to defer to the media. They defer to corporations. And what that means in this day and age is that the left will win because they're going on all fronts. They're pushing their agenda through the schools. They're pushing their agenda through corporate America. They're pushing their agenda through an unaccountable bureaucracy. If all you say you're gonna do is sit there and only deal with taxes and, and certain spending issues, uh, then you're giving away the game. So you need full spectrum leadership. You need to understand that the threats to freedom are not limited to what happens in an election or even in the halls of government, uh, but it extends far broader than that. We understand that in Florida, and that's why we've become the free state of Florida, because we've protected this freedom all across the board. Okay, so there's a reason I wanted to show you that clip right after the Chuck Todd clip. So in the Chuck Todd clip, he's going, look, 68% of people basically think that the Democrats kind of suck. They think that Biden's not up to the job, blah, blah, blah. Now, what's DeSantis saying there? He's saying, well, guys, there's a reason for that. Republicans usually suck. So even though the Democrats suck, most people know it, most people aren't on board all of this woke stuff once they really understand it, the Republicans that come in usually just kind of fail. And he's saying enough is enough. We will export what we've done here in Florida all the way across America. And he's also uh, taken some shots at Trump saying that, you know, he, he talked a big game, uh, but when it came to actually fighting the machine, he was kind of limp. When you are saying that Cuomo did better on COVID than Florida did, you are revealing yourself to just be full of it. Nobody believes that. And you know why? And you know why I know that? Because I remember in 2020 and 2021 when he was praising Florida for being open, saying we did it much better than New York and Michigan and everyone was coming to Florida and that we were one of the great governors in the United States. And he used to say that all the time. Now, all of a sudden, his tune is changing. And I would just tell people, do you find it credible? Do you honestly find it credible? Would you have rather been in New York during COVID under Cuomo regime? Or would you rather have been in the free state of Florida? And I probably can count the number of Republicans on my hand in the nation who would have rather been under Cuomo in New York. And we know that. And so these are just uh, frivolous criticisms. But uh, in some respects, I think it shows that, you know, if you have to make that argument, then you probably don't have very good arguments because the reality is everything he said about us for years, about how strong we were, how good we were, how we've delivered for the state, uh, those happen to be true. And now he's trying to backtrack because he, you know, views he needs to do that. And he's saying things that are false. And so that's fine if you want to do it. I don't think people are going to buy it. So this is what we're kind of caught between. We're caught between a, a bunch of Democrats, with the exception of what I would say are the, the minority Democrats, the Bill Maher RFK Democrats, 
who don't have any power within the party and the machine is actually trying to destroy them and the party's trying to destroy them and everything else. You have uh, uh, the Barack Obama style and then mainstream Democrats who lie about all the issues. I think we've laid that out quite clearly here. And then on the other side now, what you have is Trump, who we are told is, is somehow leading by 30 points or something. That's what I'm told by the mainstream media. Uh, but he now is lying about virtually everything. And I also don't know anyone in the history of politics that has been so obsessed with attacking the number two guy. When you're the number one guy, everyone's supposed to be attacking you. We're having a very odd thing happening with this Republican primary where everybody from the number one guy, Trump, to the number seven, eight guy, uh, Vivek and everybody else are all going after the number two guy. Something weird is going on there. Just put a little pin in that. But what have I also been saying for at least six, six months when it comes to DeSantis. And this was well before, uh, you know, people thought maybe he was gonna run for president for a while, but like well before it was really in the conversation, I kept saying to you that what the mainstream media was gonna do is tell you that Ron DeSantis is far more worse, uh, far worse than Donald Trump, right? He is going to be Hitler with a calculator. So Donald Trump was Hitler, not very good at his Hitlerian stuff, but he was mean and he was a racist and all those things, but he was also an incompetent buffoon and that gives a, a little bit of cover where this DeSantis guy, he's all of that stuff, but he's got a calculator and knows what he's doing. Here's this little compilation of the machine going after DeSantis for being more dangerous than Donald Trump. If Trump was the original Terminator. DeSantis is like the T-1000. Ron DeSantis is far more dangerous than Donald Trump. A more disciplined extremist. They're just like, oh, well, at least DeSantis isn't crazy like Trump. And I'm like, no, you should be more scared of him than Trump. He's more savvy, he's more coy, and he doesn't have the pitfalls that Donald Trump does. DeSantis is an even greater threat to democracy than Trump. He's a threat to our democracy and a threat to, he's a threat. If Donald Trump becomes president again, He'll be less dangerous than Ron DeSantis. People think, oh, we're going to go for Ron DeSantis because he's normal. He's not normal. As horrible and grotesque as he is, Donald Trump is not as dangerous as this guy, Ron DeSantis. It is beginning to feel less like a governorship and more like a regime. He's running more to the extreme than Trump on several issues. So you guys got it. Who, who do they fear? Who do they fear? He's more dangerous than Donald Trump. I mean, imagine more dangerous. You know, our intern Michaela's here for the weekend. Michaela, you live uh, in Pennsylvania, but you're here in Florida. You've been in the free state for a couple days now. Has, has anyone attacked you? Have you been under any sort of threat? Is everything going okay? The, the meals have been good and you haven't been attacked by an alligator or everything's been, yeah. The point is this is the best place to live in the United States and everyone knows it. And that's why these morons vacation here and why everyone's moving here and everything else. So now let me wrap this show up in a nice tight bow for you. You've got, we just, play, we just played mainstream media trying to take out Ron DeSantis. Mainstream media, where'd we start? They're trying to take out RFK Jr. Let's jump back to Club Random with Bill Maher, RFK talking about how the legacy media hates him and hates his campaign. The legacy media is, is just fiercely, ferociously opposed to my candidacy. And oh. every, you know, I, I every brought article in the is a nightmare. <laughs> but somehow there was an article that came out today, a poll that came out today in Forbes, that showed that I, my uh, favorability ratings are better by far than any of the other candidates. And, um, and I'm not, you know, bragging about that, but it's just curious because well, uh, all, all of that. 
I hate to interrupt you, but if you're running for president, you should brag. That's okay. what, that's what that people lose elections sometimes because they're too modest. You know who is not very modest? Donald Trump. Yeah, that's a good point. It kind of works for him. I mean, not to that extent. Self-promotion works. Imagine if instead of Donald Trump versus Joe Biden, right? If instead of doing that thing again, and I know it would be comfortable for a lot of us. It would just be like, it would be like watching a rerun. Let's do it again. They're both older. Everyone's lost a step. Nothing will be remotely true on either side. We'll continue this gerontocracy. We can do that again. Or imagine, imagine if, and this isn't going to happen, unfortunately, on the Democrat side, but imagine if the Democrats took a guy like RFK. I I don't agree. You know, he's, he's worse on guns uh, than, than I would be. Certainly. I, I definitely have a difference with him on abortion, climate change, a whole bunch of stuff. But I think you can clearly see this is a guy who knows what he thinks. He's like ballparking the right stuff. And that's why he's making the rounds on all of the scary right wing talk shows, because everyone on the right loves when there's like a decent guy on the left or a decent Democrat to debate ideas with. And that's what this guy wants to do. Right. And that actually, believe it or not, is the liberal, the true liberal position, which unfortunately has nothing to do with the modern Democrats because they have shifted the Overton window to the point that if you are a moderate centrist of 10 years ago, they will now frame you as a crazy right-wing maniac. I was on the Fresh and Fit podcast, big podcast with the young people uh, over here in Miami last week. I think we showed a, we showed a clip of it or, or a little image of it. I want to show you this one little clip because they were asking me about my political evolution Uh, And I think we can tie this together with Elon and sort of everything we've talked about right here. You could see it right here. This is so Elon tweeted this exact thing. So Ben, I don't know if Ben saw it first or if this is from after or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you can see in essence, 2018, my fellow liberal me. Mm -hmm. And then you can see the way the shift is going. The fellow Mm -hmm. liberal, the progressive now, he went bananas left. Boys or girls, everyone's racist, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. The me guy, he stayed as close to the center as possible. Then in the third one down there in 2021, now yeah. the, the liberal is now known as a woke progressive and everyone else is a bigot. And the me guy has now, in essence, been shifted right. And the conservatives going, LOL, you see, I wasn't yeah. so bad after This is all. a perfect illustration, honestly, of what it is. Because I've always said it, like a lot yeah. of people haven't changed their views, just that the left becomes more and more and more radical. Yeah, well, they don't, they have no sort of off ramp. You know, at every moment where the left could go, all right, maybe we should just ease up. Let's, yeah. let's think about what we, Donald Trump gets elected. You might go, Boy, maybe there's something going on here we should talk about. Maybe yeah. there's something yeah. wrong with what we're doing. You know, <laughs> yeah. Orange Hitler is in charge. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should discuss this. But they don't. They get more hysterical. But the reason they do is because it's all based on emotion. All right. You get it. Those guys get it. And let's see how the rest of this all plays out. But uh, as I say, once you see it, you can't unsee it. That is the, uh, that is the disturbing part of the red pill. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show today. Michaela said right before we started, this was going to be a 10 on my birthday. The rare, I've argued, impossible 10. I'm going to go out there and say it was a 9-9. I, I just, I don't believe in perfection. We are, we are imperfect beings. We cannot create anything perfect. We can get glimpses, the fleeting glimpse of perfection, but we can't hold it for too long. Uh, guys, if you want to join us for the post-game show, uh, rubenreport.locals.com. Right now, we leave you with a cold close Uh, Elon versus the Zuck. And again, thank you for all the birthday wishes and we'll be back at it tomorrow. Ciao. Oh, and, (laughs) and it's me Monday over at the Ruby. Ah, damn, I gave it the nine, nine and then I screwed up right at the, ah, nine, seven. I lose point two. 
Uh, th it's me Monday over at the Report Locals community. Here's the one that I put up. Uh, that was not, that was, I said that was the cold close. Damn! Urgh. This was the meme Monday. The first ad for the Elon Musk versus Mark Zuckerberg fight just dropped. And I think that's from the Avengers cartoon in the mid nineties. And now we leave you with the cold close from MSNBC. This is so profoundly disturbing. You just get ready to press mute for the rest. If you're gonna watch for a second, you're gonna wanna mute this thing. <laughs> Goodbye. So, um, Josh, as I'm closing the segment, do you want to do some of those vocal warm-ups just to sort of give us a yeah. sense of your range? Yeah, sure, all sure. Right. Well, Andrew, right, three, which song, two, of, all one. Of, the, of all the songs, which one do you like? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Andrew Reynolds and I are gonna sing together every night for the next four months. Gutenberg the Musical Amen. will be coming to Broadway this fall. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.